now return to Tampa Bay's number one morning show, The Mike Calter Show. Thirty-six of the Mike Calder Show. It's one zero two five. The Bone Super Heat and Air is who you need to call if you are having any problems with your AC. It could be because you had a switch from your AC to your heat, your heat back to your AC. That's what's happening this weekend. Everybody's going back to the AC. Oh yeah. If your uh, machine isn't working at full capacity, then call my friends at Super Heat and Air. Go to their website superheatandair.com and have them come on out and give you a maintenance tune-up. That may be all you need. Come on out here, and then they'll uh, put you on the schedule. Get you done every six months or so. Most importantly, before you switch from the heat to the air and the air to the heat, or else it smells like your house is burning down like it did the other day. For us, Jesus Christ, I got hiccups. Uh, anyway, if you also if you need a new unit, you can get a new unit installed and pay no interest and no payments for 18 months. Uh, no sense in waiting to get that new unit. You put it in now, you don't have to pay for it for 18 months. You get no interest. And uh, also, they have the Warrior Carbon Filters, which go on your HVAC unit. And then they use UV lights, and they kill all the germs before the air is dispensed through the system and into your home. Uh, I have it on my home. It has done an incredible job at keeping allergies down. I, I love it, uh, and I highly recommend it. And if you're having them come on out, and Spanish remind me, I have to call them because my bulbs are in, so they could change my bulbs out. You got it. Uh, if, you would, if, if you're like one of those people who have barely bad allergies, or if you just want to make sure all the, uh, all the dust and germs are killed and stuff before they get through your HVAC system, let them put that in there for you as well. It's superheatandair.com. Tell me you heard about it on the Mike Calta Show. Now, uh, I was telling you how I've fought the law, and the law has won sometimes, and the law has lost. But I feel like I can go up against anybody except the NFL. When the NFL had the Super Bowl in New York, we tried so hard to get credentialed to go to Radio Row. Not to the Super Bowl not to the game, not to the players. We just wanted to go to Radio Row where the radio stations go and where we had gone years prior, and they said no. And then I called Warren Sapp, and he called the NFL Network, and they said no. And then I called Tony Burton, and he called everybody who knew, and they all came back and said no. They said there were too many people in the New York City area, and a radio show in Tampa was not a priority for them because we, quite frankly, had no skin in the game. We had no team playing, and uh, they shut us out. And I was so mad. And I thought, what can I do to burn the NFL? And the answer was nothing. They will always be the NFL. They will always be bigger and stronger. And it's a sad realization, but there's nothing that they could do. So when they decide the answer is no, it's no. This kid uh, is a photographer. I, I, I don't know. Did you see this, Gio, over I the did, weekend? Yeah. This kid's a photographer for uh, college, and he was had the opportunity to be a reporter and and sideline photographer for the Miami Dolphins and somehow in college he forged this relationship with Tyree Kill and when Tyree Kill went to the Dolphins it was perfect for this kid because it's what he did he took sideline pictures but also uh, him and Tyreek were really good friends and he'd be down there with his buddy and then recently at a game Tyreek Hill scored a touchdown went over to his friend did a backflip in front of his friend and then his friend gave him the camera to take a selfie. And the NFL, uh, not only did they not find Terry Kill, well, they gave a penalty for, for excessive celebration, but they banned the kid. And they took away the kid's uh, credentials and, and suspended him so he can't go back. And the kid didn't do anything wrong. All he did was celebrate on the sideline. Because didn't you get that that was the gist of what they were mad at? Yeah. It was a celebration, not the because he didn't 
take the picture that Tyreek did. Yeah, it was Tyreek Hill who scored, ran over, grabbed his camera, did a backflip, and then took a picture of him, Kevin the kid. Uh, and Kevin stood there like there is nothing. What are you supposed to do at that point? Right. Are you supposed to slap it out of his hand? Or are you supposed to say, no, you don't do that? You know, I mean, you're. Uh, yeah. They weren't even mad at that. They were mad that he. Uh, oh, this is a perfect timing. We're bringing in over here. Will you move that monitor Spanish? Um, they were. Well, yeah. uh, Tyreek Hill was after the game and even said, he's like, I took the camera. He, like, it's like he, he put the blame on himself. Right. Because yeah. he could get away with it. Yeah. He can walk away and say, uh, you know, it wasn't me. It was him. And, and you know, then they're not going to get Tyreek Hill and get him in trouble. Did you see this story, Ian? The story about the kid, the photographer and Tyreek Hill? Sorry, I did not. Oh, man. What? Invisalign. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, my, can I tell you what an idiot my son is? What is that? What do you do with your Invisalign when it's not in your mouth? Put it in my pocket. Right, okay. You don't carry a case? No. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, we're guys. I played in the NFL. Yeah. I used to put muddy mouth guards on <laughs> I don't care. Right. Yeah. Yeah, would you care about this? The other day, I'm in my office and I hear turn around on my dog got Joey's uh, okay. Joey's uh, finger uh, and I was like, I'm a moron. Yeah, well, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, the Terry Kill is friends with this kid. Uh, he plays for the Dolphins. This kid is a sideline guy, a photographer for the NFL, mm-hmm. and Tyreek Hill scores a touchdown. And he goes over to where the kid is, does a backflip, takes the camera, takes a selfie of him and the and the thing. And they suspend the kid, and they tell him they may pull his credentials. Yep. Kid didn't do anything. Well, the NFL is a mafia. That's what I was saying earlier. I can't fight the no. mafia. No. Uh, no. There is a follow-up to the story. Okay, good. Because so Tyreek Hill defended the kid and went out there. And they say the reason why they met at the kid is because when he scored the touchdown, the kid jumped up and down. You're not allowed to do that on the sideline. Which is true, probably. Yeah, yeah I've been in the press box before, and they've and people have cheered, and they go, there's no cheering in the press box. Yeah, you're supposed to be unbiased, right. like professionalism. I've cheered, I've cheered in the press box before, and somebody looked at me, and I almost told them to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, go, I, wore the, I wore the colors. Stop looking at me. I think it's a lot different for you. I think that, that you... As a, anybody that was a player, it's mm-hmm. like it's almost like uh, yeah, we're all soldiers, but you've been in Vietnam. It's twenty twenty three. Okay, you, if you write for a team, you're obviously cheering for that team, right? Okay, so what are we hiding here? It's also uh, from the video. So he may have cheered or done done something before, but in the video that they show, when Tyreek Hill takes the camera, does the backflip, and goes to take a picture of the kid, the kid squats down like he's taking a picture of Tyreek. That's, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, all I, I saw him do. I, yeah. I read it was the celebration. That's what, what he, well, he says it. He narrates down. it. Yeah, he narrates it in the video. He goes, I, I understand. I am, I'm glad for my time in the NFL, but I shouldn't have celebrated on the sideline. That's what he, that's what he is, uh, attributing it to, which is ridiculous. So what's the follow-up, Calvin? So I have not seen the follow-up. The follow-up is Tyreek Hill is paying out of his own pocket to help an NFL cameraman who was disciplined as a result of an event that went viral during his touchdown celebration. Kevin Fitzgibbons, who is only 20 years old, revealed this week that he was suspended by the league, but it uh, looks like Tyreek Hill is actually going to pay what he would have gotten paid from the NFL for the rest of the year. Which is probably peanuts for Tyreek Hill. Yeah, sure. But still, so does he still get access to the sideline, though? Or do they just no pay way. him to be? Yeah, no, they just paid him to be the, uh, the guy. He might be blackballed now. That's what the NFL does. Yeah. They're good at that. That is, that's pretty terrible. 
That's pretty terrible. And the fact that he put this story out, I'm sure they're mad about that. Even though in the entire thing, he's like, I understand it. That's the NFL. That's how it's supposed to be. Whatever. Da, 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 da. But I bet you the NFL is like, oh, he's never working here again. This is probably going to work out better for him, though, because right. yeah. he's obviously a, a lot of players seem to like him because he's got a lot of pictures with players on his uh, yeah. Instagram. And well, stuff, if so. you're friends with one player, let I me mean, look yeah. at Pete. Pete was friends with one player and then he became friends with all the players. So right. it, it, they, they don't trust a lot of people when they have somebody they could trust. They and, bring them in. And what if a superstar like Tyreek Hill says he's my personal photographer yeah. and get some credentials. Can he do that? That's you know, a better then. world to be in, I would think, sure. I would think, as opposed to being an NFL sideline guy. Let me ask you this. There was a lady who worked for the uh, uh, TSA, TSA Sports, Sports, Sports Authority. Yeah. Uh, for a second, I thought she was at the airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, she worked for the Tampa Sports Authority, and she was on the sidelines at the games dealing with the press. When the when we used to be able to go down with like the last six minutes, right? And uh, do you remember where she was? She was older, probably in her sixties, but very attractive. And the story was that her, Jason Seahorn used to be married to her daughter. Really? Yeah. White, white, white woman. White woman, older but kind of attractive. Had a hot body, but a like old lady face. Nah, no, oh, you would know. I'm telling you, Pete. Pete, if Pete's listening, he knows who she was. Um, let me. I'm gonna have to call him because this goes. This. What was her name? I bet I recognize the name. Oh, for sure. I, I think you're gonna you're gonna know when I say it. Older, nice body. She, I don't really know what her job was. I never saw her in a. Yep. Wait, hey, you're alive on the air. Oh boy. Uh, what was that old broad's name at the at the sideline of the Buccaneers games that uh, her daughter Barbara. was married? What was it? Barbara. Barbara, what do you know? Uh, her daughter was married to Seahorn, right? Or what? Jason, at one point. No. Yeah. Jason Seahorn. Yeah, I believe that's right. Oh, he was married to the the TV bride. Yeah. yeah, but before her, his first wife. That's what you told me. <laughs> I, I've never, that's the first I've ever heard of that. Liar. Um, no, seriously, though. Barbara what, Casey. Do you know who that is? I've never heard that name. Uh, She's yeah. the director of communications for Raymond James Stadium. The one who used to get mad and say get behind the Yes, line. that's the story Wh- I was about to tell. Whitney Casey yeah. is the daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was she married yeah. to Seahorn? Yes, yes. Oh, I'm, I know everything. Yeah, I know everything. Before Angie Harmon, yes. Yes. Thank you, Pete. Who's confirming that? No, well, uh, Jake Galvin looked it up online. His bio. Barbara Casey's daughter was married to Jason Seahorn? I'm 90% sure you're the one who told me that. For one year, from 98 to 99. No way. I did not know that, Mike. Yeah, well, I think you did. I think you did. You probably <laughs> just getting old and you forgot about it. Maybe. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Get behind the line. Yeah, all right. I'm going to go talk about that right now. It says Seahorn yeah. was briefly Bye. married to former CNN correspondent Whitney Casey from February 14th, 1998 until their divorce in 1999. So they bring you down on the field. With six minutes, I have a, I have a season credential. And it says press is allowed on the field pregame and with six minutes left on the clock. So Pete and I would go downstairs at eight minutes and we would wait in the hallway and line up and then security would go, okay. And then the press would be able to go out on the sidelines. And we stood in a section that was taped off on the ground. It was before the game, it's roped off where they have like stanchions and a rope so you could be there and and corralled in one area, and sometimes players come over and say hi to their friends and all that. But at the end of the game, it's just a taped-off section because you don't want anybody to run into the poles. So my whole thing was, when John Madden was around, I wanted to make the all-Madden team. I wanted, (laughs) but for different reasons, I wanted uh, a play to come to the sidelines because it happened a lot. Everybody scatters. 
I wanted a player to hit me and fall to the ground, and I wanted Madden to go, that guy right there, they should put him on the, you know, that, the sideline guy, and, and I should make the all-Madden team. Are you telling this player first? Because I can't really see a player who's <laughs> falling to the ground. No, no, like like if they come... Mm-hmm. if they knock come, them down. If they come and knock into me, and if I'm bigger than that player, instead of knocking me over, they fall down. So this is a dream, then? The dream. Okay. Because <laughs> finally, after being out there and being aware of the plays, Rondé Barber is chasing a player who's chasing a ball. Okay. He knocks the ball out of the player's hand, runs towards the sideline. Everybody clears, and I, and I hear in my head, that big guy right there should be playing football. He's on the All-Madden team. And I bulk up. I don't want to hurt Rondé, so I'm not like going to push Rondé. I just kind of tense up and hold my ground. You're saying you don't want to hurt Rondé? I don't want to hurt. Yeah. At this point, I yeah. didn't want to hurt Rondé. Rondé bashes into me, mm-hmm. almost knocks me on flat on my ass, and he doesn't fall. I almost fall. Okay. He gets up and walks away uh, injury-free. I'm bleeding from my knee to my shin uh, massively because I was cut up by his cleats. Okay. So it uh, did not work out how I thought it would work out. So that actually happened? It actually happened, yes. He came to the sideline. <laughs> everybody scattered. He crashed into me. It felt like a small car had hit me at 80 miles an hour. I wanted. To, I felt like I was going to throw up blood. Mm-hmm. And then I looked down and my uh, entire shin is just pouring blood. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, terrible idea. I agreed. But... I was standing where I was supposed to stand. Mm-hmm. I did not run forward. I did not do anything. The only thing I did was I was slow to move to get out of the way, okay. which did, was not a rule or anything like that. That's life. Barbara Casey, every week, we'd be standing there, and she'd come over, and she'd go with her clipboard. You got to move back. You got to move back. Mm-hmm. I'm standing behind the line. Yep. Rick Stroud is standing in front of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other guy from the other newspaper is standing in front of me on the other end. All these people around, and she kept telling me, you got to move back. I'm like, why does she have such a hard-on for me? Mm-hmm. And I actually said to her one time, I go, why are, you, why are you always singling me out? And she goes, oh, I'm not. I, do you think I'm picking on you? And I went, yeah, you crotchety old woman. Yes, I do. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I think that at the time, I was probably like 28 years old. Okay. And I think that to her, but I always wore long pants. Mm-hmm. I always wore a polo shirt. I always had my uh, recording equipment with me, and I went from the sideline to the locker room. I was very professional. I was there. Mm-hmm. For one, I had a job to do, and two, I didn't want to get kicked out. And, but once that bitch started getting up on you, mm-hmm. there was nothing. You, I couldn't fight back with her. I couldn't argue with her. I'm like, I'm literally doing the exact right thing, and you're still giving me a hard time about it. Well, I See, Pete knew exactly what I was talking about when I called. I don't know her. Yeah. I could imagine her job, and she's probably just like a bouncer. Checking out the situation, looking at who 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 might look like they could cause trouble. Who might look like who might look like I'm wearing sneakers and not allowed, <laughs> we're not allowed sneakers in tonight. She's keeping me off the field like yeah. bouncers keep black people out of a nightclub. Is exactly. what you're saying? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, she viewed me as a potential yeah. disruption. Case to joint, see what's going on. Which yeah. one is a possibility of a trouble? I mean, I I'm not saying I never got in trouble in the locker room because me and Randy Moss almost went to blows. Um, me and uh, the guy who's dead now, the guy who spit on a player, Jason something from uh, Miami. No, not Jason Taylor. Who is the kid? Oh, kid that spit on a player. He spit on a player, and then he bolted from the locker room after the game, and I went after him. Really? And I and I told him, uh, I called him a scumbag and told him, you know, he spit on a Buccaneers player. People know exactly who it was. It's, you sound like a perpetual line stepper. I am. Well, I mean, I'm a hot stepper. <laughs> Here come the hot stepper. No, no, but but here's the thing. I was my job, I'm and good. I had to do my job better than everybody else. Yeah. Pete, Yo. who was yes. the player who spit on one of the Buccaneers players that I went after after the game? 
Well, that was Sean Taylor. Sean, it was Sean Taylor. And he's yeah, dead, right? Rest in peace, yeah. He is. Rest in nothing. He's spitting on one of our Bucks players. Good for him. He's dead. He was a good, he was good no, people. No, uh, Andy Garcia's nephew. I don't, know, I don't know who that is either. Andy Garcia. You know Andy oh, Garcia. Andy Garcia. Yeah. I think he said yeah. TD Garcia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I feel bad this he's dead. Just, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Taylor was great. He, but I, I give him credit. You walked up to him in the hall and go... Why are you spit on players? And he spit right on you. <laughs> he, didn't spit on, he didn't spit on me. He, he didn't spit on me. He spit, he spit at yeah. your feet. We would have yeah, been dead a lot earlier than he died if he didn't spit on me. Yeah. I can tell you that. There was, let's, get, let's talk a little more about all the altercations you got in, in the locker room. Yeah. I feel like I'm giving up. I feel like I'm giving up my reasons for Barbara Casey to be mad at me. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no, but I was doing my job. So who? It was Sean Taylor, Randy Moss. Randy, Randy Moss. Hunter Goodwin. Get you get you, who, oh, yeah, yeah. Hunter Goodwin, the tight end for the Vikings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who else? Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, 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 oh. Who was the Jets player who wouldn't talk? I made him laugh. Chris Martin. No, 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 no. The big uh, defensive player. And he wouldn't talk to the oh, press. Brian Cox. Brian Cox. And yeah. Brian Cox. I go, Brian, yeah. did you, I asked him a question. I go, do you think about it? And he looked at me and goes, Put his head down. I go. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe you didn't hear me. I asked you. And he looked at me, and, and then he goes, "I don't talk to the media." I go, "I'm not the media. I'm just a guy with a micro." And I kept asking him questions, and then finally he started laughing. That was good. That was a good thing. That was really good. Talks- Michael Jordan in the elevator. Oh, dude. <laughs> dude. Uh, anything else before I hang up on you? No, keep going. Oh. No, we're, we're, you're not hanging up with me. Oh, keep going. Right, right, right. <laughs> so uh, I got a, uh, I got a, a, a heads up. Michael Jordan's in the owner's box. He's coming down, not this elevator, that elevator. Okay. I go, oh. So I go over there. And this is Michael Jordan. Sure. He gets off the elevator with what looks like five of Farrakhan's best guys around him. Sure. <laughs> They're all wearing suits. And I walk up to him. The Bucks stomped on the Bears that day. And I looked up at him and I go, hey, Mike, uh, what'd you think of the game today? And I put the microphone off. And he looked at me like he wanted me to die. Mm-hmm. And then he went like this. Big ass smile, and he goes, "I thought it was a little lopsided, don't you think?" Because the Bucks killed him, mm-hmm. and I went, "I just well. interviewed Michael Jordan," and I take the microphone and I go, "What brings you to the Bucks game? Is it uh, your relationship with Warren Sapp?" Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's very much like when you're in the ocean and you're having a good time, and a wave rolls in, and you don't know that it's there, and it just takes you and washes you to shore, sure. and you wake up and you go, "What just happened?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened to me. Farrakhan's guys jumped on me, yeah, they did. and they were, and all I did was. Michael was smiling. He was doing great. And then they tackled me and brought me out there. And I was like, hey, I was just asking a question. Jeez Louise. And uh, But that was it. I, but at least I got one question with an answer to Michael Jordan, which is more than most people could say. And that was and fine. And then we saw him five minutes later in the locker room. Yeah. And he was waiting for Sap to get dressed. And he goes, I'm leaving. And Sap goes, you ain't going anywhere. Just wait. Yeah. <laughs> said that to Michael to Jordan. Michael Jordan, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that was those are the days where uh, Michael Jordan, Jay Z, uh, Russell you Simmons, Jay-Z and Russell and us in the elevator. Yeah, I've told that story before. Yeah. They all would just come to the Buccaneers games and hang out for some reason. I, I remember. All right, now I have to hang up with you. I can't hold the phone anymore. Okay, bye. Bye. Um, I remember. Uh, um, what's it? Ernest Hooper from the yep. St. Pete Times. Mm-hmm. He came up to me one time and he goes, "Hey." I hear you talking about it. I'm trying to do a story about all the celebrities who are showing up at Bucks games. And I was like, Creed is in the uh, the Hooter suite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete Rose was there um, with the old coach for the Lions. What was his name? Wayne, Wayne Fonts. Fonts. Like, 
there were so many people just yeah. coming to the Bucks games every week, and the cool spot would be was to be in the Hooters suite because they had a corner, they had two corner suites together, and they knocked down the wall so you could fit a whole bunch of people in there. And if you were in the suite, it was like a who's who. Charlie Chris used to go in there all the time. That's why I always think Charlie Chris is gay. Oh no, yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> That yeah. was my I think opinion. There's documentaries on it. Yeah, but but yeah. he doesn't say it. Yeah, but if, he keeps if marrying hot women. People say it. Then usually it's probably true. He, uh, I would see Charlie Crist in the Hooters suite, and Charlie Crist would be there with a hot chick, and he'd come up to me on the side and go, "Hey, uh, hey, Kelly, you said hot brought him with? You said hot chicken with?" And I went, "Yeah, the only person that does that is gay dudes who want you to think <laughs> that they're with a girl." I think that's exactly. That's, right. I mean, that's how I felt. I met I Charlie Chris at an event and we exchanged numbers. And I was driving once. I saw Charlie Chris, so I was like, "Okay, hello, yeah. hey Ian, how you doing?" And he, he started talking about the Bucks. And now I look back, it was so orchestrated. Yeah. Hey, how about that play last week? Like, I know we didn't watch the game. Right, right. right. Somebody gave him notes. So he goes, "Hey, I'm going to be in town next week. I have an event. I'd like you to MC it." And I said, yeah, I'm not really political. He goes, well, that's okay. And I said, yeah, sure, no problem. I could do it. I mean, I'm easy. Right, right. So I'm, I'm not going to charge him or nothing like that. He goes, let me get your email so we can give you information. Give him my email. Two minutes later, I get an uh, email. Since you're the MC, we're expecting you to donate $5,000. What? And I, and, I, I, and I emailed back, and it just wasn't nice. Donate $5,000? Nice. Yes, because I'm MCing it, yes. That's like when they go, um, you won this radio award. Yep. You, were, you were voted the best talk show host in the world. The award ceremony is on Thursday. Mm-hmm. You have to buy a ticket to go to the thing, and then you have to pay $500 to get the award because we have to have it made. I'm like, what? Well, well, don't, don't make it. I don't care. Well, that's about authentic as a creative loafing award. <laughs> Dude, I have completely given up on the creative loafing. Like, I'm not even going to mention it at all next year because you tell me we didn't win and uh, Drew won, mm-hmm. or we didn't win and MJ won, or we didn't win and Orlando won. Oh, won. No, Hoppy uh, won. Hoppy won. But Hop, we made Hoppy win. Okay, but that should just. Say but Hoppy something. had a podcast, uh-huh. and we made people vote for his best podcast. Okay. So we made him win. I understand. The guy who beat us for best radio show doesn't even have a radio show. Like there should be some sort of parameters. Some sort of parameter. Sure. Like you can't. Like I am not going to win the uh, best. I'm not going to win the, an NAACP award. Never know. Probably <laughs> not, though. You know. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, you got to have at least be in the job to have it. I'm not going to win an Academy Award as a radio host because I don't make movies. This guy who's hosting a podcast and, uh, you know, is trying to, is really nothing more than a caller to this radio station, won for best radio show in Tampa. It took away any merit that those things had at all. Did you hear my dilemma with creative loafing? I did hear a little bit about it, how you were robbed of some money. I was robbed of a lot of money. Tell me this story. You, I was on this show yes. four or five times talking about Canadelic. Canadelic, which which uh, I will tell you all the time. I tell Ian Beckles, the door is open whenever you want to stop by. I stop by. That, absolutely. And every time before Ian says, is it cool if I come by? Mm-hmm. Is it cool if I talk about Canadelic? And right. I said, 100%. Okay, so yeah. there's quite a few people listen to the show. Little, I heard about that. Okay, so <laughs> you have heard. <laughs> four so, times a year, I get a big check for it. Canadelic. Tampa literally happened because I was in Miami, at Canadelic Miami. Right. I talked to the people who were on my podcast. I said, hey, Pete and, and Colleen, you guys should bring it to Tampa. I'll hook you up with Creative Loafing, and all three of us will do an event. Right. I can help you with the media. I can help you with this. We all get together. We meet because of me. We sit down. I said, hey, guys, here's my idea. We all have an event, one-third, one-third, one-third. If there's any cost, we both, we all pay for it. And at the end, we all split the money. Right. Let's do it. That okay? seems like a very easy seems deal. easy, right? So... 
it keeps on going. There's not a whole lot of contact, you know what I mean? I say, hey, I was everything. We got it. Everything's cool. So the event happens at the uh, fairgrounds. I've never had an event that successful. Right. The second the doors open, people are piling in all the way to the end. People love the weed. They, they love the weed. Yeah. They love the psychedelics, all that stuff. Okay. So at, afterwards, I let us three, four days go by. Hey, uh, Pete, how, how much money we make? He did, now, this uh, is a creative loafing guy? No, the other guy. The, the other Canadelic guy. The guy. Okay. Hey, Pete, another three days. Hey, what's going on? So then I hit creative loafing. Hey, what's going on? Talk to Pete. Hey, Pete. I go back to creative loafing. Now it's three weeks, four weeks, and I go, hey, what's going on? I have lunch with James Howard, who's a guy from Creative Loafing, who I've done business with before. What happened at the event? We broke even. And I go, how do we break even on an event that we have a title sponsor and it's packed the whole time? Right. We didn't even have expenses. Right. He goes, yeah, well, we paid each other for our marketing. And I go, what about my marketing? Yeah. He goes, oh, well, well, we decided that you got some good publicity. And I go, excuse me? He's going through a divorce. His wife sent me the sheet. The spreadsheet. He's I also, going through a divorce, oh. yes. and his wife ending around the yes. like, you the information. I love they it. They made ninety thousand oh. so, dollars, and they split forty five thousand each. And dignitary got zero. Can't wow. have it. I can't have it. I can't have it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So what? So what's the follow up? What did you call him up and go? Hey, you guys had ninety grand. I said, Yo, dog. Do you? I go. Do you know that Pete owes his ex wife's parents fifty thousand? He was like. Oh, no, I didn't. And he, he literally texts the F word. Oh, I didn't know all this, okay? How can I make it better? I go, give me my money. You have 30 grand. Yeah. He goes, well, that's silly. I'm going to block you. And I go, you're going to block me? You're going to block me? I go, nobody blocks better than me. And Tampa, I'm a blocking son of a gun. So then now he doesn't answer anything. Now they owe me $30,000. I don't know what to do, and they're trying to have another event, Winter Delic in Tampa, and I'm calling the goons, and we're rolling up. Oh, hold, on, you, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. A couple you. of things here. First of all, are, are we goons? I would say yeah. we're yes. goons. Yes, especially yep. Pat Pat. Yep. <laughs> I have a couple of questions. <laughs> yes. Okay, this is very, first of all, you almost want to let them have the Winter Delic, and oh, yeah. you want it to be super successful, because then when you sue them for the original 30 grand, you say, and then they did another event, which I should have been a part of, mm-hmm. and I want a piece of that one as well. Before I came on air. Yeah. I hit up the Dom. Uh-huh. I said, hey, Dom, I'm going to come on and talk about this. Would you like to talk with me? He goes, do you have a contract? There's no That's what I was going to ask you. I already did an event with Creative Loafing, and we literally split it up at the end. It made sense, right. you know? And I've done handshakes. Me and you could do a handshake. We don't need a, we don't need mm-hmm. a, contract. Don't need a contract. I guarantee. So I, I roll like that. Listen, you know what I, mean? I do too. I, did, I do deals with side splitters. I did deals with uh, yeah. McCurdy's Comedy Club. I did uh, done deals. I never have a problem. Ever. Yeah. That's, a, that's how uh, men and women uh, d- d- make these deals. Yeah. If you say you're going to do something, you do it. And if you man. sat down and sat with them and said, we split it a third, a third, yeah. a third, and we, we incur all the costs, you're getting robbed right now. Period. Yeah. So because there was no contract, there's not much I could do about it. And I'm, they're like, I'm blocking you. And I said, well, I tell you what, you're going to hear your name, yo. Yeah. I have a loud voice. And I have, I got a lot of venue. I'm, I'm just going to keep on telling people well, creative loafing is supposed to be representing small businesses. Mm-hmm. And you took $30,000 from a small business. That would change our business. Ian has a small business, by the way. For those people who don't know, Ian has a place called Dignitary. The Dignitary headquarters have a building. It is on uh, Gandhi and uh, West Shore, almost right there on the corner. And it deals with. Um, uh, Kava and all these progressive mm-hmm. teas and things sort of that, but also 
people are getting the weed and all that stuff. You got a doctor that comes there and all that. So it is very much up your alley, and this is part of your business. It's not like uh, you just, hey, I'm going to get in there. So when you sat down, I, this is my question, when you sat down and had the initial meeting and mm-hmm. you said a third or third or third, everybody agreed that would be okay. 100%. So who's in charge of collecting the money and the numbers? Was that Canadelic or was that uh, a Creative Loafing? I thought it was Creative Loafing. Later on, I found out the other guy was putting it through his account, Pete. And Can we call Pete? Oh, I have his number. I guarantee he doesn't answer it. I will, guarantee Will you it. text that number to Carmen? Sure. Carmen? Are you listening? Yes, I am. You're on the show still? I am. I'm waiting well, for the number. If Ian sends you this number, will you call and say, this is the Mike Caltas show. We want to talk about Winter Deli. Yes. Okay, don't don't mention there's an angry black man. Mm-hmm. Please don't. Good to speak to you. <laughs> now, Creative Loafing, it seems to me like they, I mean, they're not hurting for... That's what, for, that's what bothers me. I mean, it's, so 45 grand they made, they owe you, they owe you 30. Even if Creative Loafing stepped up and said, we'll give you 20 of our 45 or 22 or whatever and kind of split it with them, that at least would cover their ass. My problem is, what he's a shyster. Now, I found out he's a shyster. There's the, a lot, the, there's, Pete, Pete's a shyster. Pete, for, that we're calling yeah, he's from... He's the kind of guy, he's a Ponzi guy. He moves money uh, around, yeah, okay? Yeah. He owes a bunch of people money. I talked to his old business partner who doesn't want to deal with him anymore. Gotcha. He's a shyster. Yeah. Creative Loafing was in a situation where they omitted me to make an extra $15,000, mm. and... That's the part that I'm just not okay with. You you went you 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 went in the corner with a shyster, and we we've been cool the whole time. I, I have a big problem. with The that. other problem is Ian is that, and I think most of the people on television news now will tell you locally, uh, and the St. Pete Times or Tampa Bay Times will tell you this show reaches more people than their television show does. Like when. When they tell me, hey, do you want to uh, come on? The, the only news thing I ever do is Charlie Belcher, and sure. that's because I love Charlie. Extra people, yeah. You tell me that Channel 8 wants me to come on and promote an event. I don't need to go on yeah, Channel 8 to do it. I'm going to hit a million more people on this show. Why would I have to go on their show to do sure. it? Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I've been in situations where I'm like, I'll take whatever press I can get. This is not now in this situation. They should be begging us to come on the show. Sure. So Creative Loafing, although it has, it's a free newspaper and it has big distribution, we're still hitting a target audience way harder than they are. Way harder. So why do they think that that's like, I, I feel it. Now I'm insulted. Well, you should. Now I'm insulted well, by Well, not this. more than me. I want 20 grand. Sometimes I sit, I'm sitting up and I'm, I can't sleep because it's bothering me. Oh, I get because I mean, Trust me, I get people that. People look really. me in my face yeah. and they lie to me mm-hmm. and then they want to just be kiki and, and smiling. I'm not good at that. And I'm not going to put my hands in them because I'm too, I'm no, too yeah, old and too, too smart. smart. For that, yeah. But he's going to smell my breath, though, when he sees yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want him to smell my breath as I'm standing over him, oh. both of them. Both of them will smell my breath. Uh, Carmen said she called twice and there's no answer. Yeah. Hey, Carmen, yes. will you will you let it ring out? I'd like to leave a voicemail. Uh, okay. Can you do that? Yeah, it just we got to time it up. So yeah. Okay, just let me know. <laughs> I want to leave only Peter voicemail. Yeah, please let him know that the. And if he thinks he's going to come to my town and smile in my town and make money again, now are these goons? That's what I'm saying, goons. You heard me? Call Pete. Call your peoples, man. Yeah, we should call the fairgrounds and be like, nix this thing out. Fairgrounds are good people, man. Yeah, they are. Call them up yeah, and be like, are. tell these people you don't want them. Yep. How much money could they be getting for that? Probably not that much. No, because they couldn't even pay you. It was probably, I think some of it's trade as well. Right. So then they've made even more money because it's trade. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's making it worse. So everybody made money except for the guy who came up with the idea. Correct. It was That's... my idea and I'm SOL. You know what we should get to come? We should do our Ready? own. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh... It's not available. 
At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hi, Pete. My name is Mike Calta. I don't think you know me, but we're live on the radio right now in Tampa. We didn't give out your phone number or anything, at least not yet. I'm sitting here with a gentleman that you know that you owe approximately $30,000 to, and his name is Ian Beckles. And we were calling to see if you would like to come on the air and explain why Ian, Ian may be wrong. Ian, you may be wrong. You may be wrong. Not really. Well, uh, then why wouldn't Pete want to come on the air and talk because to us he's about a it? Oh, mm-hmm. Pete, we're trying to figure out where the money is that you guys in Creative Loafing owe Ian Beckles for the uh, Canadelic thing that you did down here. Don't think that Winterdelic is going to come into Tampa <laughs> until all debts are paid. I'm just letting you know right now. Not a good idea. I heard the goons may be coming. Mm-hmm. Pete. Grow some balls and call us back, will you? 727-579-1025. Yeah, come on, Pete. Let's be a man about this. If you can call up and you can say, hey, there's a mistake. We have to up. We can fix it. All good. We'll high five and walk away. If not, you're going to feel Ian's breath. <laughs> Bye. That's it, Carmen. Is he gone? I'll put yes. some Tic Tacs in. Yeah. No, no, no. Make no, it yeah, yeah. Make it yeah. Eat a shrimp. Yeah. Eat a shrimp. <laughs> eat an old shrimp. That's ridiculous, man. I know. It's and it's 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 bothering. It's eating me. It's eating me inside as a I, man. I don't ever. Uh, I I'm not really in the circle, but I don't really ever hear anything bad about creative loafing. So I don't. I don't. Know. I don't. And I thought they were cool. I swear. We right. Like stuff I before, feel like yeah. there should be somebody higher than this guy. I don't think that, he's the editor. He, he's, he's the guy. He's a top guy. He's a top guy. He's a top guy. Should we try to call that guy? It's on you. Uh, I mean, I'd be mean, happy to. I mean, I, I'm positive. Send that number to, you, uh, to uh, uh, Carmen. Done. <laughs> done. Listen to me. I I feel like, I, in all honesty, I've never had any bad run-ins with creative loafing i don't know that i do they i do read it i do know that they do good stuff for the community i know they're very much into the uh into the you know art world and the uh pop culture and maybe there's something there we can talk to somebody there and they go yeah this is getting crazy let's fix it well i could show you the text when i I tell you what i said did you know pete did this and he literally goes Darn it. He, said, he knew. He knew. That and they go, how can I make this up to you? Yeah. That's just admitting that you stole my money. But I don't. The next step, though, uh, you owe me $30,000. I'm going to block you. Correct. That's not very professional. No, it's not. So professional. if I'm doing business with Creative Loafing and uh, they don't like something, they would just block me. Just like that. Yeah, that doesn't seem to make sense. Well, and I just I'm mad every- at you, though. You need to have a contract. Well, I'm mad at myself because yes. now it's what bothers me is I love that I'm a handshake guy. Yeah. I, 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 I can't it's be not anymore. You. It's not me. It's, not the, it's this world, man. Yeah. It's this world. You can't trust people, man. And I told them, I said, listen, I'm, I'm about to be on Mike Couch's show, 1025 The Bone, 6 to 10, Monday and Tuesday. I'm giving you this time to make it right. Right. Are you threatening me? I go, no, that's no. a promise. That's a promise. But I mean, when I'm not telling you don't go read Creative Loafing, don't go do this. I, nope. I just got through saying yep. I read it. Yep. But I am going to say that I think that you're right, unless... Ian, yep. you're not perfect. Somebody from 100%. Creative Loafing may call me and go, yep. no, 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 Ian. Let me Bring tell you, on. and I'd be willing to listen Bring to Bring them on. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just letting this be an open forum for us. to. Just, we're not threatening anybody, That's except not. Pete. If he comes to town, I'm going to beat his ass. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, let me let me take a break. When we come back, we'll try and call a dude from Creative Loafing and see if he can maybe shed some light on the situation. And I know we're not we're not ambushing him, because by the time we take a break and come back, there's going to be 10,000 people that text him and Thanks. say, you know they're going to call you. You know they're going to call you. Uh, if he lets it go to voicemail, he's a huge pussy and he's got something to hide. If he comes on the air and says, no, 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 this is our end of the story, then we may have, then we're making strides. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's take a break and we'll do that next. It's Mike Calta Show. This is 1025 The Bone. 
You're listening to Tampa Bay's most listened to morning show, The Mike Caltas Show on 102.5 The Bone. Now, a bone traffic update from the 